Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special resource edition of the This Is Family podcast. I'm Ben Houck, Family Ministries Director here at Calvary. Our marriage seminar this year was absolutely incredible. It was an event blessed by God, and we've already heard many testimonies of strengthened marriages as a result. We really had such a wonderful time learning, laughing, and loving during this incredible two-day seminar. And we want to share, in this breakout session, Calvary Middle Marrieds leads Keith and Abigail Kendrick share some insights on blended families with the topic, How We Rock Our Blended Families. Here now is the 2023 Calvary Marriage Seminar on this resource edition of This Is Family. So in putting this together, we tried to come up with something we could uh, kind of start off with, some sort of title, something we felt as blended family members we focus on, um, and that is discarding the guilt of putting your marriage first. We know when children are involved, you know, you want to place emphasis and make sure you're a priority in their life. but. We feel like the marriage first, um, like you said last night, is kind of the the hub, and everything else revolves around that. Yes, yes. At, this is going to be on a podcast too. You could record that, leave it for her. Uh, I did. I did. Recording? Yeah. Can you turn it on recording? Yes. While we're waiting on her to come back, we'll, uh, we'll also read some of these. Um, someone just said parenting together, which is very important. Um, godly example of love, being purposeful to break cycles, open communication with our kids. Right. Well, these are multiple people. Yes. These are yes. not all one person. This is not all one person. Dedication. Nice one-word answer. I like it. Uh, building a working relationship with each other and God. Emphasis is on working. That's important. Yes. Sure. Not making the kids feel left out. That's a, a challenge for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something it's good to work on. So I have here loving our babies, all, loving all our babies, rather. Um, we have son-in-law. Uh, we want them to feel that they are a uh, true family, supporting the family, um, putting together effort to spend quality time together. So that is awesome. That's a hard thing to do sometimes. And so to be excelling at that is great. Um, acceptability, accepting where, we're, where, where we've come from and where we're going and building a foundation with God. Similar to others, yeah. Yep. Uh, we have this one here. With out-of-town children, many phone calls. Uh, lots of lo- I love yous. Uh, with in-town children, sp- spending time um, and I love yous. So that is a lot of great things that we are all working on. Or we're all excelling at, not working on. Yeah, sorry. Not, not only working on, but excelling at. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you've made it just because you're excelling at it. You're still working to be better. Um, we are all imperfect people. I was asked uh, to read this again. 
by someone. Um, we are discarding the guilt of putting your marriage first. Not our children per se, but our marriage first. Yeah. Everything else revolves around that. Yeah. Okay, um, in, in preparing for this, we Googled, uh, looked on several sources for some statistics that deal with just blended families, married, remarried, for, for whatever reason you have a blended family. 1,300 new step families are forming every day. Now, 40% of families in the U.S. are blended families in some way. And we know there are a lot of unique, unique dynamics. There are, in, even in this room, there are several different types of blended families. 67% um, of second marriages and 74% of third marriages end in divorce, which I found eye-opening. Yeah. And so if we're going to not be part of that statistic. We really need to be intentional about our marriage and really pouring into our, uh, our marriage as a couple so that that can kind of bleed in and support and be the foundation of our families. Yes, we, uh, in preparing, I, I said we unapologetically focus on each other. Uh, we know sometimes that leaves a little less time for kids you know, for, for family, for other things that work even, um, but we unapologetically make time for each other. When, when, we, when we were preparing, we were asking ourselves the same question we asked you guys today. You know, what are we good at in our family? And we came up with a lot of things, but we did really feel like that was the thing that we are really excelling at, is providing time for us and then letting that loving relationship be the foundation for our, our home. Yeah. We feel like that when we show that love for each other, our kids see that. Um, so these are kind of the four yeah. things that we're going to focus on today um, when we're building our love together. Uh, the first one, easy, put your marriage first. The second one is, oh, sorry using proactive versus reactive communication, which I'm sure you all have heard that already, if not once or twice yep. this weekend. But this was in our notes, so we're still, we're still <laughs> saying, uh, be patient in the process. That's, that's something that, it doesn't come quickly. Uh, this statistic, I'm sorry, there's a statistic that stuck in my mind um, that says it takes seven years for uh, a blended family to create their own identity. And we already said that those marriages end um, a lot of times before that happens, which, which is sad in my opinion. And then the last one, of course, is <clears throat> while your blended family is unique, you're not alone. There's a lot of blended families in there it, it, here that are going through similar things. I mean, we'll focus on that a little bit later. Although we're, we're unique, we're we, not alone. we have similar similar issues. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, the quote. We found this quote and both loved it. Um, your loving marriage encourages members of your family to eventually love one another. 
So the reality is in a second marriage, no one initially has buy-in but the couple. Like you have kids, you're bringing kids to the, to the marriage potentially. Kids don't care if you get along. They still, you know, could have, you know, my mom is more important or my dad is more important, you know, and, and they feel pulled in many directions. Yeah, so it's important to understand that you, the foundation of your marriage as a couple is going to really set the tone for your family. Um, and it's important that strong marriages are the foundation of strong homes and strong homes are ultimately the foundation of strong churches. And when we have revival in our, our marriages and we have revival in our families, we're gonna have revival in our church and in our city. Yep. So the first way to do that is to invest as you as, a, in, as you in you as a couple, sorry, and make intimacy a priority. Now, oftentimes we hear the word intimacy, we've heard it many times, and we think sexual intimacy. But the reality is intimacy refers to so much more than sexual intimacy. And while that's key and crucial to a good marriage, it also includes physical intimacy. And sometimes we even put sexual intimacy and physical intimacy together, but those are different things. You know, uh, physical intimacy might be my husband holding my hand when we're in church. It might be walking side by side or holding hands when we are in public, you know, at, at the mall or whatever we're doing. Uh, we have emotional intimacy and being open with one another about our fears, about our concerns, about our strengths, about our wins, about our losses. Um, we have spiritual intimacy as we've been talking all weekend. Marriage is a spiritual institution as well as, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a legal institution. Um, so being spiritually intimate with your spouse, praying together, doing devotions together, potentially. Um, praying for praying each praying other. Praying for each other. Mm -hmm. uh, praying, going to the altar together. Um, all of those things represent spiritual intimacy, which is crucial in your marriage. Um, financial intimacy, you know, making sure that you're both on the same page financially. Are we, are we having a vacation this, this year? Are we mm -hmm. having a couple of vacations? Or are we really nice repainting clothes. the house? You know, uh, or are we, um, are we, am I buying whatever I want whenever I want to buy it? Or are we saying, okay, you know, maybe this month I have a hundred dollars to do with what I want to do. And maybe next week, you know, just being open and honest with our finances and our goals in terms of finances. Um, and then of la last, we have recreational intimacy, which of course the Brosons are talking about their walking. Um, we recently picked up a new recreational hobby together, and that's pickleball. pickleball. We love it. Yep. Uh, it gives us time to be physical. Uh, it gives us time to talk. It gives us time to be active. It Reach out, get others involved. Yeah. 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 I sold brother brother Souders has got a new pickleball paddle. He is enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, having things to do together. Um, that strengthen your relationship, strengthen your friendship, as Brother Brosom said. You know, men like to have that friendship. Things to do. And they like to have things to do. Mm -hmm. They don't want to just sit around and drink coffee and talk about how they feel. Mm -mm. So getting out and, you know, hiking or, you know, we already said pickleball. I think it helps in ways that you don't even realize. Like, you just get closer. Yeah. Without even Without even trying. It kind of works out that way. Um, Next. Oh, okay. okay, know your spouse's yep. love language. All right, so how many people here know your, like, 100% know your spouse's love language? The women, mostly? Yes, most, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? All right, so awesome. Uh, everyone has a phone here. So let's take a minute 
Um, and interestingly enough, Point your we camera. thought, yeah, you can scan this little QR code and it'll take you right to the quiz. We actually just redid this in quiz this, yeah. to prepare to make sure this was a good quiz. Yeah. One that you didn't have to like put your email in or anything. Um, and we found that both of our languages, uh, our secondary love languages, were a little bit different than when we first got married. So let's just we take a couple each other minutes. A bit. It'll probably take about five minutes for us all to take this. Uh, so if you have your phone, go ahead and do it. Okay. So if you don't know anything about love languages, there are five of them. Acts of service, gifts, physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. All right, so we're hearing some talking. It sounds like we're getting some results. Uh, and you might notice that your love languages are completely opposite. You might find that they're exactly the same. And if they are exactly the same, that's super easy, right? Because we tend to show love the way we want to be loved. So if you're we are we have the fortunate uh, condition that both of ours is physical touch and quality time. So we are. Um, it's easy it's for easy us. It's easy to give as well as receive. Yes. Uh, where I can see in some relationships where it may not be the same, it's hard to remember to love your spouse the way they want to be loved. Um, yep. But as Brother Brosen said, we need to be intentional in our marriages and intentionally work to create space to show our spouse how we love them. Not only that they know, they know we love, we know each other, loves each other, um, but showing that mm -hmm. in ways and finding ways um, to do that. Okay. Another quote we found that we liked um, is by Woodrow T. Wilson. We cannot be separated in interest or divided in purpose. We stand together until the end. So this brought to us, when we read this, this brought us to the idea that we really have to have a united front in a blended family, in our marriage, um, and to the rest of our family, to our children. Um, and we need to be on the same page. We need to know the foundation of our decisions that we're making um, and really uh, be on the same page. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a, a choice we're making with our as a couple or whether that's a choice we're making with our, our kids. Um, so. so to to capitalize on each other's strengths, we need to know. Oh, did I? It's okay. Uh, so on the next point we have besides uh, being on our, uh, is to capitalize on each other's strengths, uh, as Keith said. Uh, so just as male and female bodies physically complement each other, mentally and emotionally, our strength, uh, uh, male and female strengths will also complement one another. Um, as they have already mentioned downstairs, you know, we each have emotional needs and we each have physical needs um, and we have strengths that will be complementary. So in our relationship, we found that there are definitely things that I'm good at that are not as easy for Keith and things that Keith is great at that I would rather just not worry about. Yeah. Uh, so. We wrote them down just so we could share with you guys. So stressful situations like this or homework, <laughs> uh, helping the kids with homework falls under her, her category. That's I, my strength. I, I do not deal well with that. Uh, mornings are not my thing. I love mornings. She loves mornings. I am just up and ready. Yep. I'm singing, I'm drinking my coffee, 
if I got something to do, I'm like, in the morning, I've got my list, and I'm gonna have the car packed, yep. and we are gonna be ready to go. Evenings are my strength. If anything has to be done late, that, that's my purview. Yeah, the sun is mm -hmm. down, and I am really hoping I'm in my bed. Done, yep. Mm -hmm. It could yep. be 7.30, and I'm hoping that it's not far away. We've found, <laughs> we've found I'm pretty good at organizational things. Uh, have a little bit of a problem sometimes on everything needing to be neat and orderly. So that, that's my strength that I bring. Uh, we also need to realize each other's past and present struggles. Whereas we have strength, we also have struggles, um, things, we, things we've dealt with in the past, things that linger in our life, things that we're dealing with still to this day. Uh, you know, we're bringing a lot of different things into blended families. You, someone could be coming from an area of infidelity, have trust issues, uh, sexual insecurities, emotional and physical abuse, um, just to name a few. There, there are a lot of things that we can bring baggage into a relationship that makes it difficult. Um, perfect, perfect after that. Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but it is reality that we consistently come back to prayer and seeking God's wisdom. Uh, as well as I feel like we do as a couple and, and in our marriage, this is what we rely on. When situations are out of our control, a lot of times they are in a blended family. We aren't controlling, uh, you know, we have no input on, a, on the second house and like what's happening over there. Or we have no control over how our kids are responding to different things. Um, but we have found that when we are out, when we have no way to control or to, you know, work the situation out, we, sh we need to turn to God. And that's where we're going to find strength, and that's where we're going to find answers, and that's where we're going to find peace, potentially with a decision. There's been many situations where we have no, there's nothing we can do in, in a situation in our blended family. Some of you mentioned you got out-of-state children. Um, yeah. yeah. Our children are with us 50% of the time, still in the state, but 50% of the time we don't have control and you know it's hard to get a teacher to understand they weren't with us last night we can't help what they did you know what they did or didn't do for homework or you know so and we found that you know just seeking God's wisdom and being prayerful because sometimes you're just gonna have to turn it over to God <laughs> that there's there's nothing else to do yes. it, it's beyond a physical thing you know you can work with a co-parent you can work with you know insecurities you can work with uh, you know, you can get counseling. There's all the things you can do like in yourself, but God gives us another level of understanding and another level of peace and another level of comfort mm -hmm. when we'll take those things to Him. This is a good time to use proactive instead of reactive communication. Uh, communicate frequently and honestly. So an interesting thing that um, the Rosens actually mentioned was that they like to go for a walk now and they're, they're spending that time talking. And uh, the thing that popped into my mind, which is something I've heard many times in 
um, podcast or things, books that I've read. The interesting thing about walking and talking is that you have that side-to-side -side communication, so you're not feeling like you're being attacked. You feel like you're on the same page mm -hmm. as your spouse, and you're, you're facing that problem together, or you're facing that situation together, or you're coming at, a, at something together versus so, that face-to-face, -face, where you tend to take a more um, defensive yeah. uh, place when you're having a conversation face-to-face. You know, this is something that you can do with your marriage, but it's also something you can do with your kids. You know, when you're, you know, a lot of times when they're teaching you about your kids, you know, get on their level face to face. But as those kids age, that side to side communication with a teenager. Talk to them driving in the car. It's going to really be helpful. You know, sitting next to them instead of uh, directly opposing yeah. them. And, and that's nothing earth, earth shattering. And it's no. probably something that I, I never thought of before I heard that from somebody else. Um, but it is so true. It, you know, it helps you feel like you're on the same page and you're working together. Uh, number two, anticipate potential problems and brainstorm solutions before they arise. So we've had many situations where we're like, okay, this is a situation that's going to happen um, either with us as a couple or with us and our kids or with us and a co-parent. And we like to think about, okay, so if this happens, what are some concerns that we could face if it happens? What can we do to help alleviate that problem? Or how do we address it? How do we address it? Yeah. What would we what? say if, if so-and-so responds this way? Um, so being... So that we don't have to react in the moment. Reactive, yeah. yeah. So we can be proactive and like have some peace about what we're going to say. Mm -hmm. Pray about it even before you have to respond to that yeah. situation. And be in unity. Yeah. And then lastly, we have include all parties in <laughs> communication. So one thing we found... Um, in terms of our family, uh, is texting our kids together. I know that sounds um, pretty self-explanatory, but kids then aren't trying to say, but hey, dad well, dad said, said this, mom and mom said, said, or Abby said this. Um, not that our kids do that. I can <laughs> no. just see that it's potential, a, pro a potential problem. Uh, but we can also, like, I know what he said. I don't have to text him and say, so what did you tell our kid? about mm -hmm. whether they could hang out with so-and-so after school today. Just text it, us we've together. We text all together, mm -hmm. um, and we do that with both of our kids. We have a family text. We have a text with each of our kids. We co -parents. have a text with mm -hmm. the co-parents. Mm -hmm. So if we're you know, wanting to figure out what are the kids doing after school today in terms of the basketball game, we text everybody, and there's no... Shared know, calendars as well. We also have shared calendars with our co-parents. Um, yep. And that helps us in our marriage because we are not, you know, well, I made this, uh, I made this arrangement with I didn't the kids' mom. You have nothing, you know, nothing about it. And our schedule's off. Mm -hmm. um, so yep. being proactive in communication. Yep. Uh, now here, I, I jumped ahead on this one, but I'm going to read it anyway. Um, studies show that it takes five to seven years for a blended family to form their family identity. The average second marriage lasts less than seven years. So it's unfortunate that so many families are giving up before they've really given themselves the chance mm -hmm. or the opportunity to come together mm -hmm. and, and to establish those new norms and those new traditions and those things. And to realize it's not a Cinderella story every day. It, it's not perfect. It's yeah. So this is one thing that <clears throat> I, when we were preparing I found, um, and I think we, let, we skip over this too often. Every blended family begins with a loss narrative. Loss of lifestyle, home, school, parent, friend, yeah. relationship, traditions, spouse. 
etc. It goes on and on. Yeah. There's a loss before we Before come together. Getting, yeah. Oftentimes we think we're getting this new family and we have this wonderful story and this wonderful opportunity, and it is, but it's born often out of loss, whether that's the, we've gone over the losses. Um, and far too often, I think we don't take the time to mourn those losses um, mm -hmm. or we don't teach each other to grieve those losses. Yep. Um, softening your expectations. So this quote, was in a book that we read uh, by Gary Chapman and Ron Deal called Building Love Together in Blended Families. Uh, it says, softening your expectations is not about giving up hope. It's about becoming realistic about the timing and pace of bonding within your home. So this was one thing that we really, I really struggled with, we both really struggled with. Uh, when we first got married is we had such high expectations of what we wanted to see in our family and see in our, our marriage. And we just really had to, to understand that because we're not seeing this now or we're not jumping on this you know, right now doesn't mean we're not going to ever get to that place. But allowing ourselves the grace mm -hmm. um, to grow how we needed to grow to be successful in the end. The last point is we're not alone. You're not alone. As a blended family, you're not alone. Um, so as we've already mentioned, the first thing, taking your struggles and your wins to the Lord. I don't really, it sounds so cliche, but it is so true that when you're struggling, whether it is emotionally, whether it is uh, socially, whether it's financially, whatever, whatever it is, you know, take those struggles to the Lord. And then when he does good things for you, make sure you take those wins to him too and say, mm -hmm. you know, thank you. Thank yeah. you for what you've done mm -hmm. in this situation. You know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen, but you, thanks for making it work out in the <laughs> right. end, which he does. Uh, the second thing you can do is seek out uh, different resources on blended families. We have a whole slide of blended uh, resources for blended families, and they're all over there. A lot of them are over there on that table. Of, uh, if anyone wants to look through them, if you want to kind of peruse if, you know, what they're focusing on, just decide if you want to try to rent them or buy them. I think I bought almost all of those for under $4 on eBay, eBay or mm -hmm. thrift books or whatever. Um, People read them and get rid of them. Yeah. You might find nuggets of wisdom in there already. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, Go ahead. Let's see. Uh, next is seek pastoral counsel. If you have prayed about it and you've done your research, you know, go ahead and talk to your pastor. Um, we have done that before, um, and we're going to actually talk about that in a second. Um, but pastoral counsel or seeking uh, an advice from an actual counselor um, or a therapist. I can say that I have, we have a family counselor at our school or a marriage and family counselor at our school um, that acts as our family, our school counselor, rather. And I have gone into her and said, here's the situation. I feel overwhelmed. This is, you know, what, am I doing what's right? How can I better serve my family? Um, and it's helped me. And there's other times where I've had something happen and I'm like, I feel like I'm doing fine. I, I don't feel overwhelmed at this point. I've given it to God. But what are red flags that I should look for? In this situation either with my kids or with myself mm -hmm. and how I if, how what what should I look for if I start to uh, to need to seek some more counsel so I've reached out I think that's a great thing to do and I 
I just think that's beneficial. Yeah. We're going to end with this. It's uh, almost time to get back to the other session. Um, so one thing that she just spoke about, we did. We uh, reached the point where we needed to seek our pastor's advice on, on, on a certain thing in our, in our relationship. And we went to him, talked to him, felt great about it. Um, at the end of that conversation with him, he challenged us to just say uh, verbally what we wanted our family to look like in one year. Those things all came to pass. So we want to encourage you today, today, sorry, uh, to take a look at your blended family. And what do you want to see it look like in a year? Maybe a year is too soon for you. Maybe what do you want it to look like in three years? Um, but take some time, talk about it with your spouse, write it down and pray about it. And it's the, the crazy thing is it's not like we weren't already praying about that separately, but talking about it, writing it down, being intentional in our prayer time together and our prayer time separately. And I'm not saying God's going to make it happen on that time frame for everybody. But if he's done it for us, he can do it for everybody, and he will do it. So take some time. Write down what you want your family to look like. It wasn't like, you know, our kids are going to be uh, evangelists. It was like simple. we want our kids to have the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And we want to have family time together. Yep. And we're seeing that. And that doesn't mean we're, we're where we need to be long term. You know, we're, we're reassessing where do we want to see our family in another three years. Mm -hmm. And we're praying about that. But it's something we have become very passionate about yep. in speaking it um, and putting it down somewhere so you can look back. And then when that happens, make sure that you're being grateful to the Lord and thanking him for what he's done in your family um, and what he's done in your life. So that's all we have for you. Uh, we do need to head back to the... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell, and we pray God's blessings on your family.